Welcome all you back of the napkin ninjas, you elevator pitch artists, build a jet while you fly at school of hard knocks heroes, dreamers, doers, join us in the foxhole, in the arena of life. This is the Grand Plaster Podcast, a show about innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders, and the origin stories that made them who they are today. Grand Plaster here with Captain Ben Van Buskirk with Naval X. Pleasure to have you, Ben. It's my uh, honor to be here. Thank you. So as I always begin the podcast, Ben, I want to know about your origin story. Where'd you grow up? So I was uh, born and raised in uh, Northern California, uh, Menlo Park, uh, just about two-minute bike ride or so from uh, Stanford campus. And uh, what led you from there to get into the military? It was uh, strangely not one of those things that I had planned to do. Uh, you hear a lot about folks who are like military, sort of something, they're a family business or something like that. Uh, for me, my father had served for a few years in Vietnam um, and then got out, um, you know, back in 1970. So, um, you know, it was really not part of the plan. Um, I was going to college at the University of Arizona with a uh, get my finance degree and was planning on just going into entrepreneurship, um, following my dad's footsteps and um, a couple of Black Hawk helicopters, technically Pave Hawks from Davis Moffin Air Base, which is uh, just a stone's throw from the University of Arizona. I had landed in the middle of the mall uh, at the campus for some sort of event for ROTC. And I just happened to be walking to class and it was like some really terrible class. It was like international tax law or something. And I was feeling a little bit down about uh, finishing up my year and just going off into business. And I uh, saw these helicopters land and I went over and talked to them and sat in the cockpit. And I was like, um, how do I do this? And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> what uh, what kind of entrepreneur was your dad? My father was a restaurateur. So um, for those that are from the Bay Area, um, you're probably familiar with like Round Table and Mountain Mike's Pizza. My father worked with one of the folks that Worked with the founder of Roundtable and then did that for a few years and then started up uh, Mountain Mike's, which is a, a Northern California um, restaurant franchise. So he started that and then franchised it out. And then throughout his career, that was really what he did was um, focusing on franchising and restaurants. He'd own a few. And then um, really his bread and butter was franchising, which strangely has helped me out in what I'm doing now in Naval X. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. That's interesting. Okay, so you saw the Blackhawks, and then uh, you were in Arizona. And what were the next steps for you professionally? Um, well, it was, uh, as anyone who knows nothing about the military would do, I went and talked to each of the recruiting officers from each branch and said, I want to fly helicopters. What's the deal? And um, a long story short, the Navy meant I got to go and travel the world, check. Uh, I got to be in a wardroom which is like a squadron ready room with a bunch of folks who are adventurous, check. Uh, I got to fly cool aircraft off the ships, check. And all of our locations, because we are the Navy, are somewhat near beaches. Um, and so being from California, I said, I think Arizona's great, but I want to go near a beach. And so, um, you know, figured the money's on that. Uh, I'll be on a base somewhere near the water, get to see the world, get to fly. And so it just seemed to all make sense and come together that the Navy uh, was the best way to go. So you did, did you do ROTC or did you OCS or what was your path then? No, I did OCS. And so, you know, I'm not sure how many of your listeners are familiar with the different accession paths, but I was on, um, you know, back in the 90s, 
between all the grants and various other things, uh, my tuition was like $900 a semester. And so uh, between that and working and, and, and just uh, various other um, partial scholarships, uh, I had been going to college. So I went to Oxford Canon School right out of college. So um, did not have to do ROTC, didn't do the academy. Pretty much uh, filled an application, did some interviews, and then got accepted to Oxford Canon School as an aviation candidate. So, okay. So you, you flew, uh, what did you fly? So um, I knew I wanted to fly helicopters coming in. So after primary, and, uh, which is an airplane, and then um, advanced training, I went in to fly H-60s, which is uh, the Navy Blackhawk. So I started off my career flying um, two different ones, the SH-60 Foxtrot and the HH-60 Hotel or H designation. So um, my community, we flew two different models. One was for search and rescue and any submarine warfare. We had dipping sonars, and um, which kind of go on a a large we call it a transducer in and out of the water to hunt submarines and then we had the hh-60 which is used for special operations uh and anti-surface warfare warfare which is like shooting hellfires and such so we had both of those models that's what i did a majority really the first 15 well technically 17 years of my career flying those two models and then when i took over as a squadron commander i went back through training in the mh-60 sierra which is a newer model um as you know as you get old uh, you know, you know, you've been in the Navy a long time when they start retiring your aircraft. So I, I went through the newer model for my last couple of years in the cockpit. Were you ever stationed in Hawaii? Yes, I was. Um, my, I've been all over the place. I was one of those folks, you know, I got two kinds of people in the Navy and I'm definitely in my, my, my wife and kids were the same way. We joined the Navy to see the world. So, um, I've been everywhere from Florida to San Diego, to Hawaii, to Japan, to DC, to the Stanford, back in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, but I did a couple years in Hawaii. It was awesome. My first Navy tour was in Hawaii on a frigate on the Reuben James from 03 to oh, 05. Yeah. And we had 60s, you know, taking off and landing from our ship. So I don't know if you ever landed on the Reuben James in that time frame, but I did. I landed on Reuben James, but a little bit after you, more in the 07, 08 time. But yeah, okay. I'm very familiar with the Reuben James. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So uh, you did a full career, full 20 plus years in the Navy as a pilot um, and then retired, I'm assuming, right? I'm actually still active duty. So I have a very interesting career path in that after my command tour, um, I was in Japan. I, I wanted to get out at 20. And one of my mentors had brought up the idea of, he said, hey, there are these things called Secretary of Defense Fellowships where you go in and they pick four uh, like commander level people and you get to go in and spend a year with industry. And then you come back and take that industry knowledge to help the Navy. And so um, I applied. I didn't think I'd get picked up. So I get picked up for this program. And so instead of getting out and retiring right at 20 years, I, uh, I stayed on, uh, pinned on captain. And I did um, a year back out in my hometown, VMware. I was at the company called VMware Software Company out of Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. So I moved back to the Bay Area, um, still in uniform but really out of uniform for a year, spending a year with industry um, as a fellow and, and really is a fantastic experience. And I, then I came back and I've been back in Washington for the last couple of years, um, finishing out my time. But um, so I am still active duty. I just happen to be doing a lot of things where I don't wear uniforms. Okay, so you did a fellowship with VMware and, and how did you intersect with or get involved with Naval X? So um, I actually, you know, when you look at these fellowships and, you know, Anytime the question comes up, I get a lot of folks that reach out to me asking about fellowships. I say, um, you know, it's a fantastic experience. And when you hear 
folks, I know the Vicino is very vocal about it, that these experiences are the kind of things we need to do. So um, I love the fellowship. It was, it was just an opportunity um, to really learn a whole, you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't even, I had an idea of what it was like working at a, a major software company, but I want to go do it myself. And so it was this incredibly rewarding experience. But going back, part of that is we come through and we get really access to a lot of senior officials. And so during my time as a fellow, I got to know uh, the uh, ASN RDA, which is um, acquisition executive, the, the principal mill deputy, who's a three-star, and I met Secretary Gertz. Um, uh, so he was, he was ASN RDA. So I got to meet a lot of folks during my fellowship, and I maintained those connections when I was um, coming back to the Pentagon. I was, I was brought in to do a, a reorg on the OMNAP staff to stand up a new directorate called the N7 for war, you know, directorate for warfighting and development. So anyway, it's a long story about it, but as I had met a lot of folks as a fellow, and I was actually trying to help uh, the Naval X team because I had stayed friends with them. Uh, I knew the folks that were involved to find a new director. Uh, and then one of them said, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> so uh, long, you know, here I am, right? Uh, yeah. So it really wasn't, I wasn't thinking it would be the, the direction I'd go, but it really made sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's your Bay Area roots and entrepreneurial kind of DNA, and it's uh, it makes a lot of sense to uh, just unpack for everybody that doesn't know what is Naval X. So Naval X is the Navy's agility cell, um, and we call it Naval X. It's our accelerator and incubator. So the whole idea came from Secretary Gertz, where he he realized that we need somebody to operate in the white space of the organization to try and change culture. How do we start thinking differently? And that was the basic premise is how do we break down silos, move faster as, um, and the focus was on acquisition um, and, and be more agile. And so it really started off as an idea, brought some folks together, just like a startup, right? And they'd been really just, hey, we're going to start some lines of effort and just see what stick. And that was the general idea. And as we've evolved over the last couple of years, we just had our three-year birthday. Uh, we really are taking the lean startup mindset. We've been very fortunate to have um, great friends that help with us, who include folks like Steve Blank from Stanford um, and, and others who have this experience doing startups uh, to go, how do we really evolve this into something that really you know, gets that product market fit and provides value? Uh, and so, but at a bottom line, the Naval X mission is really threefold. One is to guide stakeholders to delivering capability to the warfighter, to be a platform for connecting uh, naval needs with uh, stakeholders and uh, solution providers across industry, academia, DOD, and then really to change culture and behavior. So we're a more lean, adaptable, and agile organization. So it's really those three. And then really, how do we work with the Navy to make the Na to help the Navy uh, meet those objectives, which is a little, I think it's important to point out when you look at the mission of Naval X. It's not like we have, um, you know, somebody gave us like, $30 million and said, like, go invest in things. Um, our entire model is bootstrapped in that all of the folks are rotational. So I'm technically with OpNav now, and the OpNav staff, which is the you know, staff, gave me up to go do this. And um, all of our folks, with the exception of really one, uh, everyone has been lent from parent organizations across the Navy to be part of this team. And we are here to enable the bigger Navy to think differently. And it really is great with our org structure that we have the access to folks and the ability to take these big problems and then reach across the ecosystem uh, to find solutions. And I think that's really powerful, especially since in our charter is working with industry and academia. You know, those questions that I had when I came for my fellowship, 
uh, you know, like, hey, can I still work with the folks that I met when I was in the Valley and uh, the folks in New York and across the ecosystem? And it was like, yes, the whole idea is we're a place where we can, we want those ideas and want to partner with um, American industry and academia to help work our problems out. If I say more transactional approach, which is a lot of times the way we look at doing things within the, the DOD. Um, it's like, hey, you're part of the solution um, outside of the Navy, right? We want to listen to what you have to say um, and really take it to heart. And so that's what I really do love about NavalRex is it really is a, an, an opportunity for everyone um, to get a vote. And, and I think that was really shown. We had a, a session last week on cyber um, that was led by our team with support from the CIO. Uh, Chief Information Officer of the Navy, and we brought in folks from across, you know, industry, academia, and defense. Is that how do we do ATOs, authorizations to operate, and risk management framework better? And it wasn't just a bunch of Navy people in a Navy room. It was really that collision of diverse ideas, which is what it's all about, right? You know, it's, we tend to be so insulated uh, in in DoD, and it's like you need to have those accidental collisions of folks or targeted collisions around a certain problem set from folks outside your normal lane. So uh, I'll ask this, this question kind of in two ways. Like, what are you passionate about right now? But also in the context of Naval X, what are you excited about kind of leading, leaning into the future of the organization? Um, well, I think you can kind of tell what I'm really passionate about is um, how do we get the, the Navy where it needs to be to, to really win a peer competition? And some people will say it's debatable. Are, are we at a peer competition or is it near peer? Um, but really what it comes down to is I have children ages of 16, um, 11, and five, and I have 11, 16 year olds that are thinking of going into service, right? Oh, I might do it. It's a, been awesome for you. I love growing up in this environment. You've had a ton of fun. And I, I was, you know, the generation before me, um, gave me the tools I needed to win. Never at a time when I was flying a combat mission or doing, uh, really anything in my aircraft I not feel that I had the best tools that our country had to offer. And the nature of warfare is really changing now. And uh, you've heard, you know, from all of our leadership discuss the importance of, you know, of cyber, of space, of um, AI and machine learning, of unmanned and all these other advances, uh, hypersonics and technology. And that, um, you know, we need to make sure that our folks, we owe it to our, our sailors, soldiers, Marines, airmen to have the best tools they possibly can. And so that's what I'm passionate about is while I'm here, I want to do everything I can to ensure that the next generation uh, can go into that fight knowing that uh, they have been given every opportunity to win. And um, as you can tell from my comments, I still, you know, I, I do think that uh, we have a ways to go and that um, there's this huge part of America that is, is doing wonderful work that uh, just isn't making it into uh, defense for a handful of reasons. So uh, I'm very passionate about that. As far as Naval X going in the future, I'm real happy with where we are. Uh, one of them being, if you look at the history of innovation cells in, in the DOD, oftentimes they're a cult of personalities and you have a leader come in, says, I wanna do something, then that leader leaves and then the initiative dies. And um, when I came in and took over Naval X, there was a whole lot of concern that you know, with all the political turnover in the new administration, but there still be a, a desire for this. And so I'm really proud that yes, there is still that desire and everyone in the Navy and with the folks helps from you and industry and academia realize there's some there there and this is important. And it's not just a administration initiative. It's something that needs to continue to grow 
and evolve. And so I'm very proud that we we're able to um, really, you know, prove our stakeholders that to our stakeholders that we we can continue to do great things and you don't need to start over with a new initiative and a new administration. Um, I'm also really excited about um, a handful of line of efforts we have going on. Uh, one of them, and I'll say that we have, a, if you go to our website, you'll see we have a handful of lines of effort. Uh, one of them is Innovation Navigators, and I'm really excited about this. And this came from feedback uh, from everybody, uh, particularly on the outside that says, I want to do work with the Navy, but I don't know even where to start or who to talk to because everything's confusing. And then you talk to the warfighters that I, I don't, I'm not sure who to talk to. And so what, what the navigators are is, is, you know, you need a set of folks uh, that really understand how a bill becomes a law, let's just say, for things in the Navy. I've got a problem and then actually getting a solution fielded because it's incredibly complex and complicated, our acquisition system. And right now, there's only a handful of folks who really have the expertise to do that. And so I'm not saying we're going to create experts, but we at least can pull in teams and get them the training. And this kind of goes back to that conversation with my dad on franchising and he's like hey you know remember franchising when it comes down to the 60 percent training and 40 percent execution right and so we put our heads together and realized like we need to train both ourselves like our tech bridges and our teams and acquisition folks like train them on the understanding of what an innovation pipeline looks like and understand how to move something through uh, the DOD system. You have to understand all the tools you have. What are the contracting tools? What um, are tools that other branches have? What about fine, creative financing and so forth? Um, and then you have to teach them how to execute this and so and, and work with folks. So Innovation Navigators is a program that uh, is being funded by the Chief of Navy Research in partnership with um, BMNT, who are, in, who are contract partners, and with some folks from Stanford, the Gordian Knot Center. Um, on how do we get folks trained up uh, to really do this inside DOD around a common rubric uh, that is the innovation pipeline. And so I'm really excited about it because it really gets to that number one mission of guiding stakeholders to delivering value. And right now that guiding is a lot of times done by, you know, you think of it, folks that have been in the Navy for 30 years who have been doing acquisition that retire and go out and can help as consultants. But, you know, we think there's a place for for folks on the inside now to be learning that skill set and and teaching others and, and i'm excited to be a part of that and leading that that's awesome what what's something that you like to share with your friends or colleagues uh, that you would recommend to them to try or, or to um experience you know i uh i'm a musician my my mom taught me how to put my mom played guitar and taught me when i was a kid and um, I will, I will always say this, that, um, and Jimmy Buffett said this once in one of his books that everyone at some point in their life should be in a band and play on a stage in front of people. And so, um, I throw that out there to everyone playing guitar is something that has really kept me grounded. And I didn't realize how important, and I've been in bands for, uh, 20 years. Uh, I didn't realize how important it was until the COVID pandemic hit. And so we stopped playing with our band. And then after like a 15 month hiatus, we came back together and, and what I'll say is there's something about it, uh, about playing a musical instrument with a group of people that uh, is one, you know, the team aspect of it, but also just particularly doing music, uh, if you're doing anything improvisational, um, it really is the art, uh, it really works that really creative uh, right brain um, aspect when so often we're doing things that are very technical, very structured, or, or 
analytical left brain work, I um, will always say the music for me has been a great counter to that and work the creative side. And, um, and there's a lot of similarities between music and life. And so um, I'd always say play an instrument and get in a band and play in front of a group of people. And there's no better feeling than when you're playing with a bunch of folks and you're just really on and everyone's hitting it. Uh, it's like the best feeling in the world. So I always say play music. I tell my kids to do the same. You can do whatever you want, but you need to play an instrument and play in a band. That's awesome. So if you're going to say that, though, you do have to recommend at least like one musical influence on on you that you like to, to share with people <laughs> well I'm, I'm sure folks could probably guess it based on where i grew up you know, my father actually um, lived next door to bob weir who was from the grateful dead and so um he grew up uh knowing the band and i kind of grew up in that scene of, of people associated with music and music people in the bay area in the 70s and 80s so i'll always uh, i'm a deadhead to the core so um i okay. love the grateful dead and i love the Dead and Company, which is the latest version. And you know, I've seen them a couple of times since they've been on tour. All right, awesome. Okay, last question is, if people want to get involved with Naval X or reach out to you in some capacity, what's a good way for them to do that? So on a personal level, um, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter. I'm more active on LinkedIn. So if you see my Twitter, you'll see weird things like once again, random Grateful Dead stuff or San Francisco 49er stuff. Um, uh, or NASCAR stuff, because I love those too. So, uh, but my LinkedIn, I keep it pretty much Naval X focused. And also if you go to the Naval X website, uh, it's a SecNav website. If you just Google it, it'll, it'll either send you the SecNav one or there was a US, or, uh, there was some other domain we did for a while because the, the website had been down, but it'll still direct you there. And if you go have, you know, get in touch with us, we have a link that goes to an, an email that our team will get and we can connect you that way. But yeah, follow us on LinkedIn, follow me, follow Naval X. And we were pretty good on putting word out uh, via Twitter and LinkedIn, and of course, go to our website. Um, so any of those three work if you want to get a hold of us. And the same goes if you go to the website, you can really get it'll break down to the different lines of effort and whether you're interested in, in getting you know agile training for our centers for adaptive warfighting or to connect with one of our regional tech bridges or what have you. We, we have those links there too. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ben. I really appreciate your time and thanks for being on the podcast. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show today. I'm Graham Plaster, and you've been listening to the Graham Plaster Podcast. Get show notes and more at grahamplaster.com.